everybody. He's Dr. Brackett. She's Nurse Dixie. I'm John Gage. No, wait, that ain't it. He's DeSoto. She's Dr. Early. I'm Chet. This may not be emergency. This is Vikings report. Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? Ah, emergency. Emergency. The Vikings pull one out. That was a big show at my house on Saturday nights in 1972 when I was seven years old. Yeah, it was. Had a great theme. They had the great radio thing. Uh, 51, this is Rampart. Go ahead. All the radio talk was like the coolest thing in the world. That show, 911, I heard they still do the Rampart call. In honor of that show. Do they really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. That, yeah, that is pretty cool. That was like the first show that started all those shows. It, it kind of was, yeah. It was. We're, we're giving a shout out to the to the great show, Emergency. The actor who played Chet, the fireman in Firehouse 51, Tim Donnelly, just recently passed away. And, and we'd meant to get to it a couple weeks ago, but we had the passing of Mick Tanglehoff and Steve Riley. So now we're getting back to our, our normal opening. And, and uh, everybody loved Chet. He was one of, that's the one character. Yeah, I like not everybody loved Gage. He was kind of a weirdo. And then DeSoto, when he retired from the fire department, bought himself kind of a roughneck bar down in Texas and had to hire uh, uh, <laughs> Patrick Swayze. So consider it severance pay. Take the train. I didn't hear you say that. I'm saying it now. You sure? Get out. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Kevin Tide. That's <laughs> right. Some good so. Kevin Tide now. Yeah, Chet was always the guy like pulling the pranks. And yeah. Tim Donnelly was a perfect actor for it. He has that kind of dry wit and sense of humor. Gage and DeSoto. Every Saturday night, me and my brothers and sisters were a bowl of popcorn. That's a show we never missed. <laughs> we never missed Emergency, bro. It was a great show, man. I liked it. Anyway, so shout out to, to Tim Donnelly. Rest in peace, sir. And, and you, uh, you, you were part of a great show back in our, in our childhood. Tootsies, how are you doing tonight? I have never been so happy in my life to be one and two. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one and two, isn't it? <laughs> Drewster, how are you doing this this fine doing day? good, Ted. Getting together, talk a little football. Had a great time on our live show. It's always nice having those shows after a win. Plus, Chris Gates had his birthday. We gave out a couple of prizes to Justin Barkley and Raymond Oakland. Yeah. They won prizes. They won some prizes from us. That's right. It was It was a good day. The Vikings had a great day. Great yeah, they day. Did. They put it all together. And we're going to enjoy it for one week because you never know what's going to happen Sunday. Got a big one coming up. Before we start the show, what do we have to do? Chad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. We're never getting rid of that. I love that little that little clip right there. It's fantastic. I love it. it and and you, you, you're not ever going to watch the right stuff, are you? Uh, uh, probably not. <laughs> Commie. You stinking <laughs> commie Taliban sympathizer. Just watch the stupid movie. I want to see it. Okay, this week. All right, so fresh off the heels of a 30-17 victory over the Seattle Seahawks this past Sunday, Vikings got another big game coming up again at home at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Cleveland Browns. We've got our game preview coming up. We've got our fantasy football stuff coming up. We've got our trivia coming up, as always. 
But before we get to that, let's talk about a little bit of Vikings news. Yesterday, we talked about this in our live post-game show, Vikings Report Rewind, with our buddy Christopher Gates. We also he, found out, don't complain about the drinks when you're at the strip club. Yeah, be kind, rewind. Hey, uh, <laughs> there appears to be a new attitude with Kirk Cousins this year, and I, I want to I talk about that a little bit more. So now third and 13 for Minnesota at the 15 of Seattle. Cousins steps away from pressure to the end zone. It's Thielen for the touchdown. From the time Kirk was signed in 2018 through 2020, it felt like Kirk Cousins played, I don't want to say scared, because he made some big-time throws and he won. he's won some big games. But he played in a manner that, that was like more not to lose than to win a lot. And I don't know if that was a reflection of what the head coach, what he thought the head coach wanted or not. But this year it feels like Kirk is, dare I say, a gunslinger. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. The Rifleman. Do you sense there's a change in Kirk Cousins' approach this year, Drew? I think he really last year looked at his game about the turnovers and he really wanted to do something about it because his turnovers, even dating back to last year, he was doing better with them. And this year he has none. I don't think he has any. You know what I really noticed, Ted, was not necessarily the first two games, this game. I mean, he's been different all year, but this game was a lot different in my eyes. Standing in the face of danger, he just he looked carried himself differently. Seemed like when he was out there, he was controlling the whole pace of the offense. He was carving up Seattle and not caring. It seemed like he wanted more. Let's just keep attacking and getting more. Those long drives, some great throws. His attitude and his demeanor, it seemed different than almost any game I've seen him play for the Vikings, Ted. It was amazing. You bow to no one. It did, and we mentioned yesterday, I think either you asked the question or I asked the question, was this was this Kirk's best game from, from opening kickoff to final gun? And I, I think we all agreed that it was. Like, am I misremembering that, as Roger Clemens once famously said, or, or are we right there? Again, I think Andy has misheard. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I believe Andy has misheard, Mr. Congressman. He misremembered that he did steroids, right? Yeah, in front of Congress. So maybe, maybe he, oh, no, he was blaming somebody else. Maybe he misremembered it. Yeah, okay, Roger. Whatever. Roger Clemens, man. Take a drink of water, Cottonmouth. Um, uh, you know what? I think it was his best game. I called it yesterday. I mean, that's what I voted for when we talked about it on the Vikings Rewind post-game show. Be kind, rewind. You know, here's the telling thing, though. It's all going to happen this Sunday. This is going to be a true test because the story on Kirk Cousins the last eight years, and even when he was at Michigan State to a point, he'd have a really, really game that just shined. And then the next week, two fumbles in the pocket, a pick six, Sulking on the sidelines, hands on his hips, dejected, depressed, whole game comes apart, through for, you know, 13 for 40, nothing's going right. That's what that's what he usually follows big games up with. And I'm happy that they're following it up with a quality opponent like the Browns, because if he's following it up, you know, with the Jets or something, people could just say, well, it's the Jets. So his problem his whole career is he can't put these things back to back, Ted. He can't put yeah. them together. He can't string enough 
good games together. He's played three pretty good games to open the season. He seems to be getting better each week. I mean, Cincinnati, he, I think the whole offense kind of struggled. The whole team struggled the better part of two and a half, three quarters against the Bengals. And against Arizona, the Vikings offense seemed to get it together a little bit more. And that was a lot due to the offensive line improved play. And then on Sunday against Seattle, man, the whole offense seemed to be clicking from the opening gate. You know, we, we talked how many times have the Vikings come out looking flat and uninspired, and the defense did just that. They got they got chewed up and spit out by Seattle's offense. And I, I half expected the Vikings offense to sort of kind of play along with how the defense was playing, and, and they said, no, this is enough. We're going to have to win in a shootout, so let's get into the shootout, boys, and and. Kirk strapped on his two six-shooters and, and and went to work. It was pretty good to see. Maybe I'm summing him a little bit short because you're right. He has been he has played well all three games. He's been right there every week. Let's see if he can carry it because this week is going to be tough. This week is his biggest challenge. Cleveland Browns got a squad. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the one of the things in Kirk's new attitude, improved play, whatever whatever it is you want to say, it, it seems like it's rubbing off on the rest of the offense. That's what she said. That's my joke. Damn it, Dwight. But, I mean, you look at the Minnesota Vikings offensive line, for example. According to PFF, they are ranked fourth in the NFL in pass block efficiency through three weeks. Our pal Ole Udo is the eighth ranked offensive guard in the entire NFL for PFF after three wow. weeks. Wow. Uh, Brian O'Neill has yet to give up a pressure, much less a sack, on Kirk Cousins. Now, is this improved line play due to they're just being that much better? Or does Kirk's improved, seemingly improved pocket awareness and is moving in the pocket now? I mean, he's run more, I think, in these first three games than we've seen in the, in the first three years as a Viking. He seems to be avoiding pressure more and keeping his eyes downfield and looking to make a play. Is, is there a correlation there or is it just more on the line? That's a tough call. I think he is his whole pace that he's playing with is that he's seeing the receivers better and keeping his eyes downfield. But I think he's in he's in good sync with the O line. He kind of freaking knows they're going to give up pressure. And he had a couple guys in his face charging at him yesterday, and he still completed passes to uh, Osborne. I think another one to Conklin really stood in there. But after that first week in Cincinnati, Ted, they seemingly have turned it around. Yeah, it's it's been a noticeable improvement. And I, you know, we we've said this. I think since we started doing this show that how well the offense performs is going to be largely dependent on the Vikings offensive line. And they had a horrible week one and look what happened. They right. lost. They had a they had a pretty good week two and the offense played good enough to win. And I mean, you know, they're two plays from being three and oh. <laughs> and Sunday against Seattle, they took it to the Seahawks. I mean, they were they were opening holes for Alexander Madison, they were doing a good job protecting Kirk, and consequently the Vikings offense piled up yardage. Madison had over 100 yards rushing. Justin Jefferson had over 100 yards receiving. Kirk had over 300 yards passing. It was just a a tour de force. The Vikings yesterday in that second half had as good as offense as any team in the league. If Cook plays yesterday, he has about 200 yards rushing and maybe another 90 in the air. There's a couple screen passes. Something else I want to mention. When the Vikings screen a lot, which they did in the first half, they win games. Yeah. they got to keep that screen pass going. They were peppering Seattle with the screen. But a couple of those screens that Madison caught, Cook probably would have scored on. But you got to call those screens at the right time. And it, it felt like Clint Kubiak knew exactly when to dial up 
a screen. I mean, I thought he called a great game against the Seahawks, to be quite honest. I think so, too. Very strange game from how it went from the first half to the second half because the second half was flat-out dominant. So I'm going to tell you something. Seattle's not very good. You watch that team from the first, second half, offense, defense. They didn't have Russell Wilson. They wouldn't win. And I doubt they're going to win seven games all year. This week's going to be a completely different animal. But in terms of that that Seahawks game, we were talking about the offensive line. If the offensive line, they're... If they get rolling on that run game, man, yeah. and Kirk keeps and Kirk Cousins keeps playing that way, we can be around forty every week, can we? I, I would think so. And it, now you mentioned Dalvin Cook, and the Vikings' offense is just different with him in the lineup. I will say this: if Alexander Madison can produce one hundred and seventy yards from scrimmage, like he did against Seattle, he had over one hundred yards rushing, fifty-nine receiving. If he can put those numbers up in place of Dalvin Cook, man. the Vikings can afford to let Dalvin Cook heal and not rush him back too early. That's a great point. That's a great point. And for, for longevity, wear and tear, yeah. it's usually by, you know, by week 16 or something, Dalvin Cook is like shot into the ground. But uh, no, that's a good point. You can maybe maybe spell him in the second half of some games. But Madison, man, how about just coming off the bench and going, this is my game. He took control. He did what he had to do. He had some tough runs. That guy runs tough. He did. Yeah, he does. He does. And he had, he had a good game in, in relief of Dalvin Cook. I wouldn't be surprised if one of these teams that loses running backs comes after him. Yeah, I don't think the Vikings would trade him, though, at this point. Do you? I mean, unless somebody offers a ridiculous, makes Dad, a ridiculous offer. Look at our GM. Well, fair. <laughs> He'd trade you for a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> in, in his defense, I'd trade me for a Long Island iced tea. Come on, Dantzler, stop complaining and enjoy the win. What about Dantzler complaining? Don't complain, Ted. You don't, like- don't bring me down. Don't bring me down. <laughs> this, this is a great segue into our, into our next point here. Shot Breland, Vikings signed him in free agency, has started all three games. He played the entire game yesterday. He is 103rd out of 103 cornerbacks ranked by PFF. He is literally, literally... Literally, this is the most moving thing I've ever heard. The worst cornerback in the National Football League. I like that. You are literally the worst doctor I've ever seen. You ever seen Parks and Rec? You ever watch Parks? Yeah. You are literally the cutest doctor I've ever seen. Dr. Harris, you are literally the meanest person I've ever met. I don't know why he was getting picked on bad yesterday. Even when they switched him over to a different receiver, Russell Wilson was still going at whoever he was covering. That Swain guy, Hillary Swank? You throwing it to him. Smart football on their part, though. No, I mean, you, yeah, you got a guy that's just getting torched out there. What is the problem with Breland? He wasn't that bad with the Chiefs. He wasn't I, that I, bad. I don't know. Mike Zimmer talked about the, the Vikings freelancing, and I don't know if he was talking about the defensive backs, the defense. In general, individual players, what? But something has to happen in that secondary, or the Vikings are going to have to win games 35-31 to 31 every single week. Yeah. Now, based on yesterday, that offense is capable of doing it, but they are going to face a defense in the coming weeks from a bunch of teams that are a lot better than Seattle, and they're going to have a hard time putting up 30 points. So the defense made great strides in the second half yesterday, but Bashad Breeland, they got to do something with him and Cam Kanzler, he, he tweeted out, I, I'm sick of 
biting my tongue about this whole situation for real or whatever it was. Shut up, Dantzler. And Mike Zimmer was asked about that at his Monday press conference, and he said, somebody asked me, you gonna you going to talk to Dantzler about that? He's like, yeah, we're going to have a conversation. So now Zimmer, being an old-school guy, he'll probably want to punish Dantzler and, you know, suspend him for a game. I would play him. Harrison Hand was out last week. Breland is terrible. I mean, he's terrible after three games. If they're chopping at the bit, get him out there. Let's see what you can do. Yeah. I just don't – I don't think you do that after a big win. I don't think – you know, that's probably going to be policed by Eric Kendricks and Everson Griffin in the locker room going, you know what, dude, don't be the club guy at the club that complains about the Long Island Ice teas. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know what? He, he did fairly decent last year at the end of the year. Put him. I thought he was going to start this game. I was shocked to see Breland in there. I was too. I wonder when uh, Dantzler walks into Zimmer's office if he's going to be sweating cold cuts. Listen, stop eating cold cuts because it's seeking. It's coming through your paws. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would be. There's, you smell like cold cuts. They're seeping out your pores. I, I think the Vikings changed up their defensive front looks and brought pressure where Seattle wasn't expecting it. And then Everson Griffin, I thought, played a great game. He kind of he looked like old vintage Everson Griffin there for, for a while yesterday. And I, I wouldn't mind to see him start over DJ Wanham or Steven Weatherly because those guys hadn't hadn't done much in terms of putting pressure on the quarterback before in the first two games. You know, I mean, what the only pressure they they had been getting was from Daniel Hunter, and then was it either Pierce or Tomlinson coming up the middle? I, I'm all about putting in whoever can play, and I I think you put in Griffin, you put in Dantzler, Vikings defense might look more like that second half defense against Seattle than than the first half in the first two games. The pressure has certainly been better this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year we had 23 sacks in 16 games. Right now they're at 10. So they're almost halfway halfway there. Oh! <laughs> they're almost halfway there, Ted. Wow. They got 10 sacks after three games. All right. We're still waiting to hear about Dalvin Cook's availability for this coming Sunday against the the Browns, right now, there has been no new news on any injuries or no new injuries that we are aware of at this time. So really, the only thing we're looking at, uh, well, Anthony Barr, who I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Anthony Barr died in, like, July. <laughs> He's dead. I the guy that was on the press conference? No. This is body double. I'm telling you, Barr. I'm Barr. What about the last episode, Ted? Vigil's made more plays in two weeks than Barr's made in three years. Yes, he's true. Barr's been hurt. Is he he coming back this year? You you still don't know. I don't know. I I mean, they say he's making progress. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. We'll see. I'm just gonna figure he's not gonna play. Yeah. Whatever. Just, just. Let Vigil play. Let Vigil and Kendricks, I think, are doing fine for for the time being. Yeah, and the way their system is, you really only got to have those two linebackers. I mean, it's a really only yeah. you only had the only linebackers that made tackles yesterday were those two. And let's go ahead and say I'm you know I've been a longtime Viking fan. Eh? Jeff Seaman and the great Scott Studwell. I'm not saying he's Studwell. Nobody is ever going to be Scott Studwell. Scott Studwell. He's always going to be the greatest linebacker who ever plays here. 50 years from now, he'll still be the greatest linebacker who ever played here. But, damn, Eric Kendricks is a really good football player. We yeah, he so, really is. We are so fortunate to have him on the defense, or we would be even more lost than we are. He's, he's fantastic. I'm glad we have him. That really kind of does it. We talked about the game yesterday. Not a whole lot of Vikings news right now. Ruby, you said at the beginning of the show, 
you never felt happier to be one and two. It's a good one and two when you look at the rest of the NFC North. I mean, starting out one and two blows. Don't get me wrong. And losing those first two games, the manner in which the Vikings lost those two games, stinks. It just flat out stinks. But if you're going to be one and two, it's better to be one and two in this division this year because it seems to be wide open, Brewster. Speaking of this division, what about Aaron Rodgers? You see that picture, Aaron Rodgers? Why does he look like an out-of-work crab fisherman? You see that picture? <laughs> that picture, Aaron Rodgers, dude? <laughs> they got that win against San Francisco. But, yeah, it's wide open. It's, it's going to be a two-team race. Chicago's terrible. Yeah. I actually watched that game before I watched the Viking game. I watched them against the Browns last Sunday. And to me, it's probably going to be the same pack. Vikings coming down to the end. One of the sites I really like is, is 538. They have this NFL season-long odds of who's going to make the playoffs and all that stuff. And after three games, the, they have the Packers at only a 58% chance with the Vikings at a 39% chance. And that's, there's, what, 14 games left to go. Long way, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and nor, you know, if, if the Vikings had dropped yesterday's game it, and the Packers had won, which they did in, on the, that last-second field goal, it would have been a deep hole to climb out of. That's what she said. Send <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> me back to the 80s there for a second, Ted. The thing that, that gets me is that as, as poorly as the Vikings played the first couple weeks and lost those two games, they are far from being out of this NFC North race. They still have two games against the Packers. Detroit is still mm. Detroit. The Bears, everybody thought Justin Fields was going to lead the Bears to the promised land. The, I, Matt Nagy can't do anything with him right now. And I, I, I feel bad for Justin Fields because they didn't do anything to help him out in his you first start. Ohio State to the Bears. I don't feel a sensitivity or badness anywhere for that guy. <laughs> Fields to throw, steps up, delivers deep down the field. He's got a receiver. I hope he gets crushed. Oh, both our teams won. Let's do a little, we'll oh, do yeah. a quick, quick 10 second. My, my Wolverines won. Ted's team beat a cupcake. All right, yeah. we can move on. I'll, both our college teams won. So Yeah, you've played nothing but cupcakes. You, you're like, Michigan's football schedule is like a bakery. It's like going to a bakery. Ted, we played the great Rutgers Scarlet Hornets. Oh. What's your name? Scarlet Ooh. Knights. Scarlet Knights. Butchers. Scar Scarlet Knight sounds like an Eagles song. We played Rutgers, we beat Rutgers. But both our teams won. We're doing good on the college level, and uh, that's our recap for college football. So, you know, the Lions lost on that oh. NFL record field goal at the at the at the gun. And they're 0-3. The Bears are one and two. The Vikings are one and two. The Packers are two and one. Here's Green Bay's next five games. Go ahead, shoot. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati at Chicago. Washington football team, and then after that Washington football game, they have to travel to Arizona on a short week and play on a Thursday. Dude, that's looking like 4-1 and one for them, though. It feels like a, a pretty good schedule for them. The Vikings got Cleveland this week, then home against Detroit, at Carolina, Dallas, and at the Baltimore Ravens. Big stretch of games coming up for both teams. I think we got a tougher haul there than that team from Wisconsin when you, when you listed off those five games. Yeah, versus what we got. So uh, Cincinnati's a lot better football team than than people were giving them credit for at the beginning of the year. Though they play Jacksonville on Thursday, they win that game. They're three and one. And Jamar Chase, who struggled mightily in the preseason, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase look to be 
the next great QB wide receiver combo. I mean, he's got three touchdowns in three games. Do you see the Green Bay Packers running away with this division? No. The tough thing is, you hate to say it, but that team from Wisconsin, the winning teams win the games like they beat the Niners. The Niners had that game. They, they, let them, they, they led 17 to nothing, and they let them get it at the end, and it was – they seem to do that with Rodgers. I don't think they're going to run away with it. I think we'll be within striking distance the whole season. But there's only one playoff team coming out of this division. That's the division winner. It kind of feels like it. Well, you think that even with the seventh playoff spot again this year? Well, you factor in the NFC East. Everybody sucks in the NFC East. Giants haven't won yet. They're terrible. Owners kicking furniture around already. Shooter will have the honors shooting the technicals. Look at here. Look at here. Bobby Knight just threw his chair. Across the free throw lane. <laughs> yeah, what I see with the second half of the Vikings, if they pull this game out with the Browns, it is on. It's on for winning the division, Ted Glover, and it's also on for being a representative to represent the NFC if they won yeah. this game. This is a tough game. I agree. This game is it's going to be pivotal for the rest of the season because win, you're 2-2, two and two, lose, you're 1-3. and three. You go to 1-3, and three and, and that, that that's going to be tough. That That's going to be tough with – especially when you look at Green Bay's schedule coming up, they're, they're going to have to keep winning to keep pace with Green Bay. Week 11, their first game against Green Bay is week 11 at home, and then they are at Green Bay week 17. That would be a good week in November yeah. in the 20s because Minnesota will put, the pound, they'll put the pounding on the pack, and then Michigan's going to beat Ohio State. The end of November is going to be beautiful, man. Beautiful. Hey, you're you're going to be suicidal, man. No, Michigan's going to take Michigan's <laughs> winning that game this year. No, they're not. Stop it. So, no, the, the, the NFC North is, is completely up for grabs. I, I don't think the Vikings are out of it, even though they had, they've had they had this one and two start. they got to keep winning, and they got to keep pace, but I think they are perfectly capable of doing it. Which gets us to the Drewster question of the week. What is the Drewster question of the week? Drew, through three games, who or what are you most impressed with on the Minnesota Vikings, and who or what are you most disappointed with? It can be a player, or it can be a facet of the Vikings game. A facet? Who am I most disappointed in a facet of the game? I am most impressed with Kirk Cousins. Like I said, there's something that looks different out there. And wait, I know there's the big test is going to be Sunday against Cleveland, but you asked me up to this point, Kirk Cousins and the offensive line. Okay. I know they started off terrible. They had 12 penalties. They gave up those sacks. But the last two weeks... I think the offensive line has had three sacks combined, but they are really coming together after as terrible a game as you could possibly have against the Bengals. I am shocked that they are doing this well. And you mentioned the PFF numbers earlier. So Cousins, offensive line. That's what I'm most impressed with. What I'm most disappointed in, easy pickings for me, Ted, that friggin' secondary. I am beyond, is there a word beyond unimpressed? <laughs> And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brother. <laughs> I am I'm flat out angry about it, man. It yeah. does not look good. It looks out of sync. And sure, they played better in the second half of the game against Seattle, but it's not right. There's something wrong back there. And I thought it was going to be a lot better than what it is. The defensive line's better. Secondary hasn't pulled their weight this year. They're disappointing. Do you think that it, they're capable of turning it around and, and playing more like they did the second half on Sunday? There's only so many schemes you can do with your secondary. Change personnel. You got you got the best guys playing possible. 
last year we talked about we talked about it on a lot of shows, Ted, that the secondary is struggling because we can't put any pressure on the quarterback. So put your secondary on the heels, covering guys for six or seven seconds. And but that's not the case this year. The Vikings are putting ample pressure on all quarterbacks that they face. They are. They have ten sacks. That's only two less than the Browns, and they're one of the best defenses in the league. The defensive line is doing their job. Maybe not getting to run, but they're rushing the quarterback. So what excuse that we used last year for the secondary are we using right now? There's guys in the Seattle running free again. How are they going to get better? I would start by replacing Bashad Breeland with Cam Dantzler and see if that does anything. No, you're, you're right. I mean, you, you can only do so much, so much with the personnel. Um, after that, they're, they're either not listening to what they're being coached to do or they're not doing what they're supposed to for the play call. I don't know. There's probably some tweaks you can do at this point to maybe save you on a play or two or a drive or two or a series or two. But overall, they're going to have problems back there all year, Ted. And you're going to have to overcome it somehow. And some teams overcome their secondary by upping their blitzes and upping their pressure of the front seven. They figure if we're going to be bad on the back end, we're not going to give guys time to throw it. Yeah. Maybe that's what you do. But that's really the most disappointing part of this team so far this year. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. All right. So that is our Drew Bunning question of the week. From there, it is now time for our fantasy football segment. We entered into a a season-long contest with uh, another show out there, Vikings Uncensored, with Rhino and Lance. We are 2-1. and After giving them a gimme in week one, Drew and I have come storming back. We've won the last two weeks. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. You know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. We're now 2-1 and one, in route to a 17-week winning streak. My humble prediction. I did get a message from Ryan Johnson, one of the guys yeah. that, that we play against at Vikings Uncensored. He messaged me about 10 minutes before we started the recording today saying, Drew, we're only three picks away from being 3-0. and He wanted me to know that. <laughs> So that's our that's our fantasy football contest with uh, Vikings Uncensored. We have a a season long fantasy football contest going on here at Vikings Report between Drew, myself, and Ruby. It's a very simple contest. So each week, Drew, Ruby, and myself will pick a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Doing standard PPR scoring format in typical fantasy football league. The person who accrues the most points that week wins. Uh, and what we want you guys to do is when we announce our teams in the comment section below, tell us who you think has the best team for that week. Now, a couple rules. We can only pick a player at each position one time. So we can't pick Patrick Mahomes 17 weeks in a row. So we only pick him one time. We cannot pick players uh, from the game that is, is going to happen on Thursday because we record before then. So if we pick a Thursday night guy, that person can go off and score 50, 75 points, whatever, and and we don't want to give you know somebody like an unfair advantage over that. If you pick the most winners throughout the course of the season at the end of the year, you are going to win this really cool prize that Drew is lowering, like like Stonehenge in <laughs> Spinal Tap. Beneath the haunted moon, for fear that daybreak might come up. Too soon. It's coming down. <laughs> it's uh, 
bunch of Minnesota Vikings football cards. Very well done. Drew, you made that yourself, didn't you? No, not this one. Not this one. I did not make this one myself, but it's okay. it's created with the same kind of love. I mean, it's got some great players on here. We got the great Robert Smith, Alan Page, Ahmad Rashad, Adrian Peterson, Chuck Foreman, Fran Targeted, Carl Eller, and Chris Carter. Wow, that's that's a pretty good collection right there. The big value, and you get it if you keep picking the winners. Right now, we throw the standings up there. We see that uh, it's still wide open, yeah. Ted. Yeah. You can still get involved in this because you can go on a streak and win a bunch of games and everybody's playing weekly that, that some people forget to get their picks in or whatever, but get signed up. It's fun. Now, in week one, the only couple people picked Toons is to win, and she won. Well, the week two, I won. This week, Drew, you got on the board, so we all have one victory. See how he figured that out, Tinsus? See how he figured <laughs> out we all have one victory. That's Ted Glover, man. Public school Nothing. math. Working Nothing. in magic. Nothing. Get off your ass and do some math. So get off your ass, let's do some math. Math, 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 math. Math, <laughs> math, math, math. Yeah, we all have one win. So there's only been a couple people that have, have gotten the first few weeks right. So this is still anybody's contest. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we announce our team, again, put in the comments section below, not on, not on Facebook. Don't hit us up on Twitter. Let us know in the comment section below who you think is going to win. If you win, you'll be you'll be entered in the contest, and, and the person who picks the most winners throughout the season is going to be our fantasy football champion. So, like Roy Hobbs told the Bat Boy, pick me out a winner, Bobby. Go pick me out a winner, Bobby. <laughs> yeah! Now, that's a, that's a movie I've seen. Now, you, okay. have to have, you have to be signed up 30 minutes before kickoff because naturally you can't yes. pick after the game starts. So, yeah. 30, again, 30 minutes. Since we're not doing the Thursday game, it's 30 minutes before the Sunday game. So, you're, you don't have to right. worry about the Thursday game. All right. So, for Good this point. week, Drew, why don't you tell us who your fantasy football picks are this week? Okay. My quarterback is Sam Darnold. My running back is Nick Chubb. My wide receivers are Mike Williams from the Chargers, who plays Monday night, Stephon Diggs from the Bills, and my tight end is Mike Giusecki of the Dolphins. Tunes, who do you have this week? Okay, so my quarterback is Josh Allen. Running back, Alvin Kamara. Wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. Wide receiver, Calvin Ridley. And tight end, Robert Tanyan. Folks, this is a first. Now, the first three weeks... I think Drew and I have had two or three of the same people. And last week, we all picked Tyreek Hill, I believe. We only have, between the three of us, we only have one player where, where, that was picked by, by two people, and it's the tight end position. So for me this week, my quarterback is going to be Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. Running back, Derek Henry, who hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy team, He's my number one running back on my fantasy football team. Wide receiver, Henry Ruggs. Other wide receiver, Adam Thielen. Because I'm going to cancel out your Nick Chubb mojo on, on your team there, Drew. Okay. And then my tight end, Robert Tanyan, that team from Wisconsin. Sweet. So we're putting those lineups on the board. Look them over. Again, uh, standard PPR scoring system. Figure out who you think has the best team this week and write who you think the winner is going to be down in the comments below. If you win, you're entered to win the great prize at the end of the season. You know, I'm like three players from being 3-0. and I mean, I just want you to know, I'm three players from being 3-0. and I'm smart, Mike. <laughs> okay, so it's time for our preview. 
game. One and two Minnesota Vikings versus the two and one Cleveland Browns coming off a dominant victory over the hapless. And when I say hapless, I mean like me, Drew, and nine other guys could have done a better job than the Chicago Bears did. That's how many passing yards they had. One. That's one less passing yard than I had on Sunday. Dude, I heard about your quarterback prowess. I think you could have led the Bears to a couple touchdowns. No, I couldn't have. No, that would have been bad. <laughs> I'd have been in the I'd have been in the hospital with two bruised lungs. This is <laughs> like Josh is Norman. Did you see that? Josh Norman for the 49ers left the game last oh. night. He has two bruised lungs, but he thinks he'll be okay to play Sunday. What He's about got two bruised lungs? What about? <laughs> If I had two bruised lungs, I think I'd be okay to be alive on Sunday. Yeah, He's thinking about playing an NFL game. What the hell is it like to have a bruised lung, bro? I cannot be comfortable. No. No. I, I bruised. Uh, CJ Ham knocked the snot out of that one guy, too. That dude on uh, Seattle? Knocked him into the Mississippi River is what he did. So <laughs> we'll start off. Our, our, all the categories, they're up here on the board. You can see them. We'll, we'll start off with quarterback. Drew, who you got? Kirk Cousins or Baker both, Mayfield? Both Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins are throwing for 74% completion rate this season, which is astronomical and identical. <laughs> His is against the Chiefs, the Texans, and the Bears. So... I don't know, call what you want. I mean, it matters who you're playing against, but still, 74% completion rate. Cousins has eight touchdowns, no picks. I think Baker Mayfield only has two touchdowns, but they're such a run-heavy team. They attack with the run, so I wouldn't expect them to have a lot of touchdowns. I called it during the, the Rewind show. I think this is a different Kirk Cousins, and I am going to give Kirk Cousins a check mark. I am too, and you kind of rounded up with the completion percentages. Baker Mayfield's completion percentage is 73.8%. That's pretty good. Kirk Cousins? 73.9. Just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. <laughs> what is point one of a percentage? How much better is that? Uh, that's the Adam Thielen touchdown. It was that freaking rocket laser Adam Thielen touchdown. Or it was the, the 20 guy blitzing your face. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna loop it over to KJ Osborne and he's gonna catch it and get a first down. We're gonna end this game. That's what that those is. Are, those are my favorite two throws of the whole game, Chad. Good yeah. call. They were, they were good good throws. I, I'm giving this to Kirk. I, I, Kirk's different. He, he's like like black hat wearing Kurt, and and I, I just want him to come in, become a bad guy. I, I just want him to turn heel like like the old WWE. I want him to I want him to walk in wearing an NWO shirt with a black cowboy hat with a heater dangling out from his mouth. Woo! That would be that would be kind of cool. Nobody loves be Kirk Cousins like I love Kirk Cousins. Talking but, to the third person, yeah. That's what he's been lacking for nine years. Oh, he should do that, love, man. I mean, love I mean and the one one other reason I'm not giving Baker Mayfield the flag. I love Baker Mayfield coming out of college, but I hated him when he planted the Oklahoma flag on the 50 yard line of Ohio Stadium when they beat Ohio State like a few years ago. I knew that was coming. I knew I you were. It. I knew you were not going to get through the segment without mentioning it. that planting right. the flag thing. Running game is next, and I'll you you did the quarterback first. I'll go with the running back running game. Cleveland Browns have the best running game in the NFL with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They're both averaging. 5.5 yards a carry or better. They are first in the NFL in rushing attempts. They are second in yards. The Minnesota Vikings game running game is good. Even if Dalvin Cook doesn't play and his status is still uncertain, I'm okay with, with Alexander Madison based on what we saw Sunday. That said, the Cleveland Browns running game is the best in the NFL. I'm going to just simply have to give the check to them. 
write down my notes, Ted. The two-headed monster, the Chubb and Hunt. Best running game. And I think Baltimore's ranked higher, but that's only because of Lamar Jackson. I don't like yeah. how they how they figure that out. Running game should be your running back. So they are clearly the best running team in the NFL. They grind it out and they will destroy you like they were doing to Chicago. 215 yards on the ground, bro. Watching the Vikings defense the first two and a half games, I, they did a they did a very good job shutting down Seattle's running game the second half. Well, Seattle's offense overall. If the Cleveland Browns are getting five or six or seven yards a pop on first and second down, it's over. It's going to be a long day for the Vikings. They're going to have to win the turnover battle by plus three or four, I would think. I think it's almost impossible to say stop the Browns running game, but they're going to have to figure out a way to make Cleveland pass more than Cleveland wants to pass the ball. 174 yards a game they're averaging on the ground. 174, yeah. Ted. I don't know if we're giving up, what, 120? But, man, that's... It's almost college numbers. How, how well almost, they're running the game. How, how, how well they're running the game. Yeah. Who has the best uh, running attack in college football? Um, <laughs> I don't know who. The, the cu- Michigan and the cupcakes you've played? Uh, okay, Mr. Akron. You guys played <laughs> Akron. Give me one player from Akron in the history of the school. Cupcake! Cupcake! <laughs> Give me a cupcake! Give me a Akron! Come on, man. I could go down to the R15 local bar here and find people that could play better than Akron. Dude, you played Toledo in a directional Michigan school. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Stop it. At least we played Oregon. Didn't beat them, but at least we played them. What happened in that game? They sucked. It's terrible. It <laughs> <laughs> sucked. Where are we at? Where are we at? Receiving All game. Right, receiving game. Jarvis Landry's on IR. That's a big hit for them. And, and Odell Beckham just came back for his first game last week. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange when you look at how the Cleveland Browns scheme and how you look at their receiving game. Their receiving game is running backs and tight ends. It's not even the wide receivers, Ted. They don't really factor the wide receivers into their game plan at all when it comes to their passing attack. It's Kareem Hunt, who the Vikings better keep an eye on. And uh, Hooper, the tight end, have a combined 22 targets. They like that running back, check down game to the tight ends, the short passing game. Baker Mayfield loves it. They're very good at it. They almost use it as an extension of their run game. Still, overall, J.J. Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, and now Tyler Gronklin have seemed to hit their stride, if you ask me. They really have hit their stride. They combined last Sunday against the Seahawks for 24 catches, 264 yards and three touchdowns. I'm still going to give the check mark to the Vikings. Yeah, I pretty much had the same thing. The Browns used the run a lot more to set up the pass, and their passing game is not big chunk plays downfield. It's it's more of a ball control thing. Uh, if you remember Kevin Stefanski when he's here with the with the Vikings as offensive coordinator, did a lot of that. And I, I just I think he would he would stretch the field more. He just doesn't have guys to do it. OBJ just came back from his his knee injury. Jarvis Landry's on IR. They just don't have the playmakers on the outside. I mean, when you think Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., you're thinking, holy crap, that's a, that's a pretty explosive tandem. This is not Odell Beckham Jr. from two or even three years ago. I, I don't think, and he's still working his way back from that knee injury. Yeah, I, I think the clear advantage here is, is the Vikings. Next Hard offensive enough. line, the Browns have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. That shows in the protection they give Baker Mayfield and the running game that the Browns can produce. I mean, it's just a tremendous group of players. All the way down the line. The Vikings still, for as well as they have played the last two or three games, I just want to see a little bit more consistency 
uh, and I want them to string more games together before I can consider them a, a really, really good offensive line. They're much better so far than they have been, but still have to give this slight advantage to the Cleveland Browns right now. Browns have one of the best offensive lines in football from left to right, left tackle to right tackle. It's Jedrick Wills, Matano, J.C. Treader at center, Wyatt Teller at right guard, and of, and of course the great Jack Conklin over at right tackle. I just think to a man, they're more talented, they're more athletic, and they're just a better group right yeah. now. The Vikings, are, like I said, they've been playing a lot better, but my check mark goes to the Cleveland Browns for the offensive line. Drew, defensive line. Defensive line. Browns are pretty stout, the defensive line, with the two Maliks in the middle. Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell, their money on the D-line, Ted, it's Clowney and it's Miles Garrett. That's where they earn their money on the D-line. Those guys have seven and a half of the 12 sacks, and it's going to be a big handful for the Vikings offensive line to deal with those guys on the uh, coming off the edges. Brown's defense is allowing 67 yards on the ground. It has a lot. That's, a, that's talk that's about good. it. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. That's fifth in the NFL for run defense. And their front seven is a big part of the reason why. And I think the defensive line is the reason that they're so good against the run. Vikings defensive line is getting better than they used to be. Like I said, they've improved on their sack numbers. They got 10 so far this year. I have to give the check mark to Cleveland, though. I do, too. I mean, Cleveland's eighth in points. Their defense third in yards. The battle of the day in the trenches is going to be uh, Miles Garrett, Cleveland's left defensive end against the Vikings right tackle, Brian O'Neill, who is yet to give up a pressure. Good battle. That's going to be a great battle, and how that battle goes, I think, will determine in in many ways who ends up winning this football game. Because if Brian O'Neill can can kind of neutralize Miles Garrett, that means Kirk Cousins is going to, is going to get protected. And if Kirk has time, I think he's going to find some guys downfield, and they're going to Vikings are going to make some plays. But when you look at the the Browns defensive line versus the Vikings offensive line. On the other side, you've got Jadavian Clowney against Rashad Hill, and that's that's advantage. Mm. That's advantage Cleveland. The Vikings defensive line is, like you said, better. But I mean, Daniel Hunter, I think, might have an advantage. But when you look at those other guys, it's it's either a push or advantage Cleveland. I think going all the way down the line for the rest. I, I'm I get, like you. I'm going to have to give the edge to Cleveland here. Linebackers. Browns play primarily a, a nickel. They've got a Will and a Mike. That their two Will guys are Mac Wilson and uh, the rookie, uh, Usakor Mora, that you really, really spoke highly of in our draft profiles leading up to the draft this, this past winter. Had a breakout um, game last Sunday. He did. He's going to be defensive rookie of the year. I'm still sticking to it. And Malcolm Smith is their Mike. I'm going to give this one a slight – I was going to say slight advantage Cleveland, but I – I think it's more of a push because for as good as Cleveland's linebackers are, Eric Kendricks is just as good, and Nick Vigil has played pretty well so far. I think the Vikings can hold their own on this. I'm going to give them a push. I don't do pushes in this segment. Wow. That's against my rule. I don't do push-ups either. I don't do <laughs> <laughs> the ice cream ones. I'll do the ice cream ones. Not... The orange sherbet, those are great. Fantastic. When's the last time you did a push-up, Ty Glover? Like like orange sherbet push-up or no, like or, a, on the floor push-up what's the last time you did one uh yesterday yesterday I, good for you knock yourself out it's been like 1986 since i did one um <laughs> the browns linebackers are really beat up out of the 10 guys they have on their roster five are either out or on ir injuries are really hurting them mac wilson who's the, the guy you mentioned he had zeros all the way across the stat board last last week so i don't know if he's hurt or whatever they have Koromoa, Malcolm Smith, as you mentioned. 
Elijah Lee, the old Viking. All Cleveland linebackers were only in on 11 tackles last week. Kendrick's vigil popped up 20. I am still going to – I'm going to give the check mark to the Vikings here, just okay. slightly, because I think Kendrick's and vigil, they are really building something there between the, the team chemistry they have, where each guy's going to be on each play. I think uh, he and Vigil, they get my check mark for what they've done so far this year. They've been amazing. We'll, we'll see what happens. What do you got for the secondary? Going to start out my secondary with something that's very interesting, and I don't know if you caught this, but, you know, the great corner Greg Newsom, the first-round guy that we talked about back in April from TCU, he hasn't disappointed. He's been their best corner. He went out with a calf injury Sunday. I've been hearing grumblings that it's a two-week injury. So they might be without Greg Newsom. This week, which I think the Vikings, that would be a huge advantage for the Vikings because our strong point is out wide. We still have a problem at corner. That's the reason I didn't give the Vikings a check mark last week. But I think Johnny Johnson and Harrison, they got two really active safeties. The Browns will blitz anywhere from the secondary at any time. Their corners, their safeties, like I said, they're active. They're everywhere on the field. Their safeties are kind of their linebackers when it comes to statistics with tackling. The Browns are sixth in the NFL in pass defense, only allowing 181 yards a game. Another big test for Kirk Cousins. The Vikings allow 100 more yards than that. Checkmark to the Browns. I can't really match the Vikings up against anybody secondary-wise and give them the advantage. I mean, they just, they're just they just not good. They're just not good right now. They played a great second half. I think a lot of that goes in part to the Vikings' offense staying on the field and keeping Russell Wilson off the field. When they had to get off the field against Wilson, they did in the second half. I'm concerned that the Browns aren't going to have to throw a lot, to be quite honest. I think the Vikings are, and I just like that matchup for Cleveland better. It's a solid, it's a solid defensive unit. All right, red zone. I'm going to give this one a, just a slight edge for the Vikings. I, I think when the when the Browns get down in the red zone, they have to rely on their running backs. I, I don't think Austin Hooper is a, is, is a good tight end. I, I don't know that he's like a, a red zone target, kind of like Kyle Rudolph was. Between the 20 and the goal line, you know, we talk about the field shrinking and, and all that, and I, I think that plays in the Vikings' advantage. Kirk Cousins has multiple weapons he can go to. He's got either Madison or Cook, if, if Cook plays. Thielen, Jefferson, Conklin emerged last week. He scored a touchdown. I, I like the Vikings red zone. I mean, the statistics, they're, they're dead even. I'm going to give the advantage to the Vikings just a little bit in this one because they're at home. And I think that's going to, that is going to play a huge role when the Browns are, are down in deep in, in, in Vikings territory trying to score. The Browns have been in the red zone 11 times and have seven touchdowns. The Vikings have been in the red zone 11 times and have seven touchdowns. Talk about identical right across the board. Vikings were three of six in the red zone. They were four or five going into the game. They were three of six last week versus Seattle. I am going to go with the Vikings for the red zone offense. They get the okay. check mark for me. Okay. What do you got for special teams? Joseph has made all of his field goals except one. Just one. He's just missed one. And one extra point. <laughs> that Barry, he has almost a 50-yard punting average, that guy. That's good. So he has, he's been fairly surprising this year. I'm pretty happy with it. Cleveland kicker Chase McLaughlin. No relation, Ted, to the great Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin. But uh, he's five for five, including two 50-yarders this year, 50-plus yarders. Let me call you in on, on this stat right here. Punt returns. I looked this up today. D.D. Westbrook, Ted, has six punt returns this year. Mm -hmm. 32 yards. Thirty-two yards. That's not a lot of yards. 
they got a really good punt returner with Felton, the kid from USC. This is Prefer against Ficken, our old our old buddy Prefer. <laughs> Remember Mike Prefer? Yeah, I do. This is Prefer against the Ficken wine mixer. I'm giving the check mark to the Browns. Yeah, I'm giving it to the Browns too. Viking special teams overall has gotten better, and and credit to Greg Joseph for not letting that Arizona game get in his head. He came back and and kicked very well on Sunday against Seattle, but. Yeah, Chase McLaughlin's been perfect. I'm going to give this one to the Browns as well. Joseph was six for six Sunday. Yeah. Field goals and extra points he was, yeah. All right, coaching. It's student versus pupil. Here we go. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski. The the guy guy many people wanted to keep and kick Mike Zimmer to the curb for returns to U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, In Kevin Stefanski's first year, he won coach of the year, and took a sad sack organization to within a few plays of the AFC Championship game. You know, they were probably two plays from going to the AFC Championship. Um, <laughs> never going to end. No. It's never going to uh, end, Ted Glover. What, what Kevin Stefanski is doing in Cleveland is is pretty remarkable. I mean, he took a bad team and made them relevant. They, they, they kicked the ever-loving snot out of Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh in the playoffs last year. Um, and, oh, remember and, that game? Oh, and and took Kansas City to the wire uh, in the divisional round on the road. Mike Zimmer, Vikings had a good game Sunday, um, but I I've got a feeling Kevin Stefanski has been has, has had this game circled on the calendar the minute the NFL schedule came out, and he knows what Mike Zimmer's going to do. He knows the Vikings well. He knows some of the Vikings defensive players and what their strengths and weaknesses are because he coached against them every day. And I think he is going to be ready. And I'm going to give it to Stefanski and the, and the Brown staff. Not really much to add to that. It's like it's a lot of the same notes I had. Not only has he had that game circled, Ted, I have a feeling he's, I have a feeling he's told the players he's had it circled too. I think he's put a little bug in everybody's head. Yeah. This is the this is the game. I don't, whatever happens, this is the game we're going to win, no matter what. Let's let's give it up for a guy who's become head coach that is doing something that what 11, 12 other guys couldn't do. Yeah. Going to be head coach of the Browns was a death sentence. And he yeah. has changed. He has changed. He's changed the culture. Yeah. They're not a they're not a joke anymore. I I can give the check mark to Stefanski because I think he's going to want this one a lot. All right, Drew. Intangibles. Intangibles. Every week, that's how you say it. It's always beautifully done. Intangibles. I got one. One of my ones we just got done talking about. Stefanski versus Zimmer. The player's going to have some extra push for Stefanski to get this one done. That's got to be an intangible. I don't think the home field plays too much into it. I think turnovers, again, we say it every week. This is probably a game. The lesser the turnovers turns into the victor. Um, Red zone offense and defense. Yards are going to be hard to come by, at least for Minnesota. So they're going to have to get down there. Let's remember, last week against uh, Seattle, they, they outscored Seattle twenty-three to nothing to end that game since the second quarter on. But let's remember, after it got to twenty-one, all their drives ended in field goals, and it was something yeah. you had mentioned going into last week. The Vikings can't keep settling for field goals. Well, the last three times they got it in the red zone were field goals. Not going to be able to do that this week and get away with it. And lastly. You got to look at what teams did the week previous. I think in the NFL, really, I think things do carry on from the week previous. 
both teams are coming off just really fantastic wins. Those are my intangibles. Okay. I don't have a whole lot of intangibles. I, I think I think home field could play a part depending upon how the, the, the pace of the game starts out. The, the Vikings are going to have to figure out Cleveland's running game, and they're going to have to figure it out fast. Because if they don't, I mean, Cleveland's just going to hand off to Chubb and Kareem Hunt all day. <laughs> what about that message you sent me in the first quarter of the Seahawks game? Yeah, it looks like the Vikings have done the best to take the crowd right out of the game. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mentioned that. I mentioned that in the show. Yeah, on on Sunday. I, I mean, you know, the Vikings defense took the field and they took the crowd right out of it because <laughs> right down and scored. And the crowd was like, "What?" I, I, because not a lot of people hadn't even gotten their seat yet, probably. I would like to see the Vikings take the ball, go down the field and score, uh, as opposed to putting the defense on the field. I think Kevin Stefanski's a lot more motivated to win this game in, 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 from a personal standpoint, but the Vikings are are a lot more motivated to win from a practical standpoint because going one and three is is going to be tough. Uh, it's it's still not insurmountable, but two and two is going to be a heck of a lot better than than one and three. So they're going to have to start out fast and, and going to have to keep Cleveland on the heat on, on their heels, and I don't I don't know if they can do that. So. Those are my intangibles for the game. Who gets the check? I'm going to give it to Cleveland, I think. Okay, I don't know if I said I was going to, but that's who I'm giving it to, too. All right. So we're going to wrap up this segment with something we call uh, Jumo, just one old man's opinion. And I'm going to pull out the Kool-Aid or pull out the tepid water. Drew, why don't you give me a Jumo for the week? This is going to be a tough one. I don't see us winning this game, Chad. I mean, the Browns. The Browns are probably my pick for the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. They're that good. The Browns are probably the team. You know, I, I, Chiefs are really strong still, but the Browns have got to be in the top two or three to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC. I think they're one of the best teams. Like I said, they're ranked seventh on the offense in the NFL, the seventh-ranked offense and the third-ranked defense. They bring it. They bring it from the defensive side of the ball, and I'm not sure the Vikings are ready for that at this point. Uh, Cleveland's defense gives up 250 yards a game. And the Vikings' offense is on a clip of 425 yards a game. That's a 175-yard difference. Which way will it flop? Uh, that's going to be the key. I mean, I don't expect the Vikings to get 425 yards this week. But uh, I think this is too much of a tall order. And I, I'm thinking Cleveland by a touchdown. And I'm- Do you shop on eBay or, or Amazon, Drew? Yeah. Guy, guy can find a lot of good stuff on Amazon. Now you don't want to know what I'm buying. Well, you know, I, I, I'm looking around, and, and I'm I'm a big fan of the purple. I'm a big fan of purple Kool-Aid. Yeah? And in the, in the first few weeks, I've had a clear glass. So you could see that I had purple Kool-Aid. But this week, I went out and I bought something to show yeah? you. I got something. Oh, I, I got it. something, and I want you to see it. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this. <laughs> but it's Jim Jones. And in here, I got a bunch of purple Kool-Aid. Now, oh. I don't know if this purple Kool-Aid is going to take us to the promised land or some field in <laughs> Guyana where we're all dead, but I'm drinking it. I'm drinking the purple Kool-Aid from the Reverend Jones, baby, and that I'm is- going to say the Minnesota Vikings are going to go to 2-2 two and two because they're going to be desperate, and they're going to, they got the home crowd, and they're going to have, they've got to figure out a way to win it. I'm going to say the Vikings are going to win a field goal at the buzzer. And it- Oh, my God. What, what do you say, Reverend? What do you say, yeah. Jim? <laughs> Jim says, drink up. The Kool-Aid tastes delicious. I think it's going to be close. Jim and I have been talking. <laughs> the 
the right Reverend Jones and I have been having a conversation. He says, Ted, you need to drink my Kool-Aid. Reverend and all, <laughs> and all things shall be made known. Hope your Kool-Aid works this week, man. Yeah. It's a tall order, a tough order. <laughs> We're going to go to a commercial. And we'll be right back. <laughs> Grape drink? I have enough grape flavor Kool-Aid. Has vitamin C, costs less, and kids like the taste better. Costs less, has vitamin C? That's fine, but does it really taste better than the leading canned grape drink? Mom, I'm thirsty. We'll see. More Kool-Aid, please. He does like the taste better. I want more too. <laughs> grape flavor Kool-Aid brand soft drink mix. The taste the leading canned drink can't match. Why is the music so loud? <laughs> wow. Welcome was... to Up With People. <laughs> that was quite the intro, guys. Sorry about this, that. Man, wow. Like being, being at a Cure concert with the Eurythmics or something, man. That, that, great. that music sounded like every 1980s Air Force or Army training video <laughs> I ever had to watch. The intro music. That's exactly that's the intro music to every single training video I ever had to watch. <laughs> Airborne, a way to deliver soldiers directly to the battle. And then the narration comes in real smooth over the top of it. So, you want to be a helicopter pilot. Da right. na 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 <laughs> <laughs> It's just like stupid. Whatever. Hello, Drew. Hello. Hi, Ted. Hi, Tunces. All right. Today we are going to do sort of like <laughs> Jeopardy. We're going to have three categories. The first one is Emergency, the TV show, Vikings Browns Trivia. Yeah. And then we're going to do a visual segment with Name the Player. So you guys don't have to go back and forth and pick the categories. You're going to be playing together and answering together. So I'm just going to go ahead and click on all the boxes for you. We're on a six-game winning streak, too, Tunes. This is six-game winning streak. All right. We'll see how you do. In what metropolitan city was emergency-based? I believe that was Los Angeles, wasn't it, Drew? Carson City, Los Angeles. Good job. That is correct. All right, for 200, Emergency was a third generation spinoff of what show? Wasn't it Adam, Adam, Adam 12? 12? Because Adam 12, because remember they did the, yeah, they did Adam 12 Emergency mashups, which was like the coolest thing ever. Did you know that uh, Jack Webb from Dragnet, Joe Friday, he is the one that created Emergency. Really? I did not yeah. know that. All right, third question for Emergency. Emergency spun off an animated version called what? Oh, uh, I think it still had emergency in the name. Yeah, uh, maybe. Wasn't it Sid and Marty Cross emergency? <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> no, that um, was Sigmund and the Sea Monster, bro. Uh, I HR puffin stuff. stuff. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the name of it was, but I remember the the spinoff animated thing. I was gonna say something Rampart, but I don't know. Correct answer is Emergency Plus I, Four. I told you I had to say it had the name Emergency in it, so we get yep. the answer. All right. Well, you still got two out of three. Not bad. All right. Let's move over to Vikings Browns trivia. Let's First do it. one. When is the last time the Vikings played the Browns, and what was different about the game? God, when did they play the Browns last? I don't. Has they ever played them with Baker Mayfield? No. Um, Ooh, what was different about the game? I'm thinking the last, the most recent game I can remember, it, it couldn't have been 2013, was or 12 or 2012 or 2013 when Josh Gordon went off and had like a jillion yards. It, it hadn't. It, it no, they had to have played since then. I always keep thinking of Adrian Peterson and. and oh, uh, 2009. Yeah. Well, that was before 2012. It. No, I don't. Um, did I stump you guys? I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I think you did. All right. Well, I'll give you a hint. The what well, clue is that it was not played in the United States. Oh, it was played in England. What are those England. Yeah. England games or whatever. London, England. Yep. That's yep. right. And we won that game. We actually won. When you said what was different about the game, I was going to say we won. I mean, oh. <laughs> I forgot about that game. You stumped us, Tootsies. Sneaky cat, you. Okay. Question two. Who were the two quarterbacks who played in the 2017 game? One was Case Keenum. Correct. Who was the Browns quarterback? Uh, oh, he was it? terrible. Um, Deshaun, was it Deshaun Kaiser? I think it was Deshaun yeah. Kaiser. Yeah. 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 It's all Ted Glover, man. That is Smitty power right there. How the hell do you remember that? Power the Kool-Aid, baby. Power the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Kaiser. All right. Last question. Who were the two starting running backs who played one on the Vikings, one on the Browns? And it has to be the starting running back. I believe the Jenna? Browns guy was Trent Richardson. I'll go with that. And would it have been either Murray or McKinnon because Dalvin Cook was hurt by then? I think Murray. I'm going to go with Murray and Richardson. That sounds Murray good. and Richardson. Yeah, Murray and Richardson. Tunes has stumped you again. McKinnon <sighs> and Crowell. Oh, man. All right. So this next one is a new thing that I'm doing. I'm going to show you a picture, and you're going to have to guess which player it is. It is either a Browns player or a Vikings player. Okay. Is this Thielen or Peoples-Jones? Uh... I'm going to say Thielen. I'm going to say Thielen. That looks like Adam Thielen to me. Toots has stumped you. That's oh! Peoples Jones. What school did he go to? Michigan. Uh, oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Toots has stumped us a lot today. We lost our streak, man. Yeah, I think so. Next one. Is this Cousins or Mayfield? That's Captain Kirk. That's Cousins. You are correct. Good job. All right, last one. Cook or Hunt? Cook. Yeah, I think so. Cook. Boom! Toots has got you again. That's <sighs> Dream Hunt. Oh, my God. Woo. Wow. Great Thank job, you. Toots. Thank you. Nice job stumping us, Toots. All right. Uh, that'll wrap up episode 35. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Toots. Thank you, everybody who watches, who comments, who participates in our games who joins us for Vikings Report Rewind after the games on Sunday or on Thursday or on Monday, whenever the Vikings play. If the Vikings play on a Tuesday afternoon, we'll be there. That's um, damn straight. We're, we're at like 4,000 subscribers now. Thank you so much for subscribing. Thanks for liking and, and, and ringing the bell, and thanks for following us on, on Twitter. 
Um, it's at Report Ted, R-E-P-O-R-T-T-E-D. Uh, I'm at Purple Buckeye. Follow us on Facebook at Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Uh, we are not on Instagram. We're not doing any of that more social media than we absolutely have to. So if you look for us there, you won't find us. <laughs> Anyways, another great show. Again, thanks. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Tuntas. Had a really good time, and we'll try to do better the next time Drew take us home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode 35. Put a ribbon on it, Ted Glover. Thank you for being the absolute best host in the business. Join us live after the Vikings win, after Ted's Kool-Aid. <laughs> after we get it done against the Browns, we will be on five to ten minutes after the game. Shout out to Emergency, late Tim Donnelly. Have fun watching your Viking game. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Yeah.